Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Man, We're Too Old for This, here on the Nerdtrail Network. I'm your host, the experience of some called Jason, and with me today is... The Blurred Don of the Ville, the Todd Father. CDL113, the droid you're looking for. And today we're going to be talking about Eternals. Specifically, the reaction to Eternals, probably more than anything. Yay! Todd, tell us who the Eternals are. Uh, which one you want? You want the comic origin or the movie? Let's go comics first. They mad different. Okay. In the comics, the uh, Eternals were created by Jack Kirby. They were early humanoids experimented on by the Celestials. Uh, so they were basically, you know, them experimenting with humans. Uh, gave them a certain amount of power. They were long-lived. Uh, some of them had flight, that kind of thing. Uh, they had a civil war. Half of them went to... Titan, Saturn's moon or Titan. Half of them stayed on Earth. You had an accident on Earth that caused the ones on Earth to gain control of their molecular structure, uh, energy control powers, matter manipulation. You know, they got they got just flat out cosmic. And that's basically the group that you see in the movie were basically your your Earthborn Eternals types. The ones that stayed on Earth. Uh, the most famous Eternal in the comics is actually Thanos, which they neglected to mention at all in the MCU. Uh, the MCU version of the Eternals are basically robots created by the Celestials after their first attempt at flunkies. The Deviants basically got minds of their own and said, "If this, they create the Celestials created the Eternals to wipe out the Deviants." and fulfill the mission of uh, increasing the human population on the planet. When you said robots, you mean like robotics? Robots. robots. They are bio... They are bio-engineered robots. Okay. They're bots. And More like the Vision than, you know, R2-D2. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I forget which one of those was. I think it was Kyle XY, something like that, you know, where you had this human guy, but he didn't have a belly button. It's that kind of thing. They're, they're not. They're pod grown. And, and they're, they're, but kind of like the they're clone. Dro- but they're droid. Yeah, they're kind of like the clones in Star Wars. They're, they're okay. not, they're not people, people. They are, instead of working with machinery, celestials are cosmic. They work in meat. So they basically made meat puppets. And one of the to- one of the talking points of the movie is you find out that they have been fulfilling their job for millennia, and every time they fulfill their job, they have their memory wiped, and they are sent to another planet to do it all over again. So, yeah, there's that. I don't know how spoiler we were trying to be, so I'm I'm keeping things close to the chest. That's fair. So it's been all over the news how low the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score has been from the critics. Yep. Uh, as of this recording, it is sitting at 47%, which I think is the lowest it's been. I, yeah, which, I think so. Which means it keeps gradually going down. Yeah. That, now, this is me asking, does it start at 100%? Like... Just okay. We, we're putting out this movie, and you start at a hundred percent, and we, then as the ratings come in, 
it takes points away. Nah, you don't. You don't start at fresh. You know, it kind of builds up. Builds. Yeah. You, okay. You this to, is because I didn't know how yeah, the Flying Tomatoes scored. You kind of started nothing, and you know, as people write reviews and stuff like that, it caused it to go up or down. Okay. And okay. the the critic stuff was kind of low to start. I think it started in the seventies. I think seventies or sixties. I forget. Well, it it had to been seventies because like sixty is the start of rotten. When you drop below sixty, you didn't got rotten. And I want to say it started in like the low seventies, and it dropped down because it it had dropped down to fifty nine or fifty eight percent before, and then you had a review come in from ABC, who is a subsidiary of Disney, and bumped it back up to sixty, and that was the last damn time. Hell, it was not rotten because the more people watched it, the lower that shit got. Okay. Yeah. Let me just uh, let me just hit a few highlights. Okay. Among some of the first reviewers, uh, I'm not gonna read the entire reviews, but uh, John Wenzel from the Denver Post starts off gorgeous and vacant. He refers to it as struggling to be its weirdest and most philosophical of the Marvel movies. Uh, let's see, somebody else refers to it as having dizzying star power, but the twisting backstory renders it too clunky and overstuffed to answer any of its central questions. Or to concisely answer any of those questions. Parade of faces without expression. Or excuse me, experience. Uh, let's see, one of the most forgettable Marvel movies. That was uh, a fellow from the Sun-Times. A, at a glacial pace. Jesus. The movie occasionally feels eternal and it sags under the weight. Jesus. You know what? It sounds like they really enjoyed that movie. It let one of the thesaurus to say it sucks in different ways. That was somebody from Film Week. Uh, let's see. Jeffrey Zhang from Strange Harbors, an ambitious mess and a fascinating failure. Yeah, they broke the thesaurus out on this one. Uh, and I mean, you have some positive reviews to it. It's not just all negatives. It's I'm hitting the negatives. The fun thing is, though, some of the positive ones are kind of back-ended. <laughs> oh, well, here's one that's listed as positive from Don Shanahan. Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast. I'm not familiar. So, he's giving it a fresh, so, you know, you've got the tomato, not the splotch. Yeah. The Marvel Shield on this podcast approves, and it's sure pretty enough to admire even being a big leap. Yeah. Nothing in there sounds positive, even though he gave yeah. it a positive review. Yeah, you, you got, you got, a, you got some of those positives on that that, yeah, very backhand. Eternals isn't a complete success. With large issues and small, that said, dot, 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 it's an impressive effort. This is a big swing, and while it might not be a home run, we're looking for, looking at a solid con- connect. For an undertaking like this, that's a win. That's another positive one. Well, they tried really hard, and it kind of worked. Yeah. Basically, it was a bunt that it was going to throw them out at first base before they even get off. On plate. See, y'all hear the Sauruses and all that. All I hear is Disney's check bounced. <laughs> oh, I got one more negative one I want to read just because it catches me. A slack film in the way one gets to be when one has no pressing need to come in at a reasonable running time. There are several others that reference how long it is. Though it's only yeah. like two hours and, what, 17 minutes? I mean, it's not freakishly long. But if that's boring, it is. Oh, no, excuse me. Two hours and 37 minutes, according to yeah. one reviewer. Yeah. 
And if it's even if it's uh, kind of talky and kind of boring, that that two hours is gonna feel like a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about the um, critic reviews. As of recording, the audience score is eighty percent. Yeah. So the audiences are not as picky about it. Well, one of the thing was that that audience score is a lot of them know nothing about the Eternals. Probably the the trick is. Whether or not you know about the comic book has nothing to do with whether or not you think it's a good movie. That's true. That's true. That's Anytime true. any of us go to a comic book movie, we are both judging it on, is it a good movie, you know, just in and of itself. And then we, as old school Marvel zombies, we are also comparing it to the books. Yeah, yeah. Where if somebody like my sister went to see this, yeah, she doesn't care about the books. Uh, when X-Men Origins Wolverine uh, hit TV, or hit cable... I'm over at a buddy's house uh, playing Pathfinder or something. And I get like two or three calls from her as she's watching it, asking me questions about this character or that character. Because she knew who Wolverine was, but outside of that, she had no clue who anybody else in that movie was. You know, but she enjoyed the movie all right. So we can criticize it for how unlike the book it is. But that really doesn't affect, was it a good movie on its own? That's true. That's true. You know, to the casual... Movie going. And does and let's be honest, Disney has given it its diversity arm or two. Because I have I have seen some reviewers basically come out they go, Well, they didn't like it because the the uh, director was a woman and it's action and that's the reason why they don't like it and I'm just gonna put that out there. So Disney has been very good, their marketing department in phase four of giving their product, it's diversity armor. You can't say this shit is bad without them having to go to it. Well, you just don't like it because you don't like gay people. Oh, you just don't like it because you don't like women. Oh, you just don't like it because you don't like women of color. What the fuck ever. It can't just be. Now this shit just sucked. It sucked. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll have, you will have a fair amount of that too because the social prison the peer pressure is if you go to see that movie to come out and go, yeah, I thought the shit sucked. Well, you don't want to do that because that means you're a bad person. And that's 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 a pop culture thing right now is we lead we lead with our checkbox because that checkbox gives me some protection from criticism. Yeah, yeah. So how low do you think the critic score would have been without that? Shit, it ain't. Hell, I there, what the critic score? It looked like the check bounced. The audience score would probably be a hell of a lot lower. The audience, the the truthfully, it's that critic score that's got me where I'm like, sweet God, how bad is this thing? Because I look at the critics as shields. Because you ain't really wanting to piss off Disney because they might not give you early access to Spider Man, which looks like it might actually be a hit. So you don't really want to piss off the mouse. Because the mouse has proven to be vindictive and petty. So, for, for, for folks like Scott Mendelson and stuff to come out and go, this damn thing is a mess, I'm figuring it, it is likely just god-awful. And you really, can't, you really can't convince me otherwise, because if, if you paid flunkies are basically going, this is a piece of shit, how bad of a stinky piece of shit is it? Well, it's like I was saying before the, we started recording, one of the cosplayers I follow... Her and her boyfriend went to see the movie. Her boyfriend knows about 
the majority of the stuff, whether it be Marvel or DC, from the movies. Yeah, he read a few comic books as a kid, but he was more into sports. So, like, he knows who, like, the big three is in the DC. He knows Hulk, Captain America, you know, your big names like that. He knew of the Eternals, but he had never read anything with them. So he didn't have, you know, any preconceived notion. He walked into the movie. To him, it was just a superhero with some action and, and drama to it. He enjoyed it. For her, who knew who these characters were, were in the books looked at it and went well i could do that outfit for cosplay i could just, nah, i'm just gonna stick with something else because the trick is the trick is though danny it's like jason said earlier that really has no bearing on if the movie's good or not That's the movie true. the movie serenity joss whedon did serenity i had seen one fucking episode of was it firefly 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 and hated it hated the fucking show that i saw I love Serenity. Serenity, I, which means I know shit about the characters. I know who the fuck was who. None of that shit. The movie stood on its own yeah. as a good movie. So to go, well, this cosplayer did this because she knew. That's not the question. The question is, is the fucking movie any good? If yeah. I go, if, if I don't know jack shit about an eternal, can I go in there and enjoy the damn movie? You already, you already know the comic geek is out. Yeah, because they they basically took the Eternals, looked at it, crumbled the shit up, and threw it away. So your hardcore comic nerd ain't gonna like it. The folks don't look right. They don't act right. They change the origin. They fail as far as a comic nerd. They have failed the essential test. Yes. When you look at any movie as a nerd, that if you look at it and have to go, who the fuck's that supposed to be? I guarantee you ain't gonna like the movie. Because they don't give a fuck about the look. The yeah. damn sure don't give a fuck about the story. Yeah. Yep. There are three Eternals that I care anything about. Icarus, Makari, Cersei. Cersei. Cersei looked pretty close. But her personality was all wrong. Icarus didn't look particularly close. Though in a lineup, I would have picked him out as being Icarus. The lines of his suit are at least about the same. And without getting too into spoilers, yeah, some of his motivations turn out to be completely off. And then, you know, Makari is just completely unrecognizable from beginning to end. But see, that Makari was one of because, like, when I looked at him, I didn't know who the fuck Icarus was. I knew who Makari was just because she was in red. She was in red and, red and silver, which is like red and white. So I was like, okay, I'm guessing that's Makari. I knew who Sprite was because I just looked for the motherfucker who looked like a child. Mm -hmm. And I knew who Fastos was because I looked for the black one. That's literally the only damn thing he's got in common with Fastos is he's black. Because Fastos in the book is bald, built, and straight. And dude ain't none of that shit. He's a sack of porridge. Who they still managed to make responsible for Hiroshima. So way to go there with your, divert, with your you know, inclusion and diversity. Because that's, Eternals is, one of, is yet another one of those attempts of Marvel trying to create Black Panther with more palatable minorities and proving that to this day they don't know why Black Panther worked. Exactly. They think Black Panther worked because he black. No. Black Panther worked because he cool. Black Panther had fans. People asked for Black Panther. Hell, people demanded Black Panther. And when you got the character, yeah, was the character, is the character black? Yeah. 
Is that a draw for black people that want to see themselves? Yeah, but the most important part of Black Panther is Black Panther's cool because Black Panther wasn't the first black hero in the MCU. You'd had Nick Fury, but Nick Fury had a boss. You'd had Falcon, which they did a damn cool version of Falcon. I always hated Falcon until I, I liked the MCU version. But he's still just a white dude's buddy. He ain't, he has no agency, he has, nobody wants Falcon, Falcon ain't pulling nothing, he just, he, his job is basically to be the sidekick. Black Panther has agency, Black Panther runs his own country, Black Panther had love interests. You looked at Black Panther and said, shit, I want to be that dude. Comics are a power fantasy and Black Panther had power. He's cool and black, the black enhances his cool, black people are cool. We just are. But that's not where it stopped. Everything they've done since then stops with the check mark. What's a woman? Okay. What else? Well, then she's it. She's a woman. And? Oh, look, Shang-Chi, he's Asian. You like Asians, don't you? Well, sure. See how groundbreaking he is? Yeah, an Asian martial artist. God, I've never seen that before, ever. As I sit there and run through a list of the Wookiee Clan movies that I've seen as a kid. But that was, that was, that's, that's their diverse, that's their thing of diversity. That's them chasing Panther. And they literally cannot do a press junket. None of these things that come after without mentioning Black Panther. Oh, now I see how black people felt with Black Panther. No, you don't. Because your goddamn character ain't cool. Panther is cool and black. And that's what they don't get. You don't lead with the checkbox, you lead with the cool. Hey, this dude is cool and gay. If you went Apollo or Midnight, they are cool and gay. That, but the point is they're cool. Rogue is cool and a woman. She's a cool woman. Their thing is they, they lead with the checkbox. Hey, he's gay. Okay. And? It, I mean, you a black gay teen, you sitting there going, man, I want to be Fastos. He's out of shape. Uh, he's responsible for fucking genocide. And didn't help blacks in, in history. Yeah, didn't help black people in history. Man, I can't wait to be that guy. Hell, he ain't even booed up with another black person. What the fuck is cool about it? But then they'll use the plot armor if you come along and go, that character ain't shit. Well, you just don't like gay people. No, I just don't like that motherfucker. And that's that's... Disney's fuck up when it comes to diversity. They think, well, if I do this checkbox, one, because they don't care. They ain't really doing this shit because they care about the, the, the audience looking and seeing themselves. They doing that shit so they can get a checkbox and show up on USA Today and Twitter and go, oh, look, it's so wonderful. They got a Latina superhero and ain't nobody ever seen that before. Bullshit. Mexicans have comic books. They have comic books loaded with them. So it's it's not it's not that dearth that you have in there that that's a bunch of bullshit. Asians have a shit fucking metric ton of goddamn kung fu movies. Hell, I grew you know you had Simu Lu basically. Well, I didn't grow up with with Asian heroes. Awful goddamn funny I did because I was a Bruce Lee loving motherfucker. Yep, Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Chucky and Fat, Christ Jesus, you know shit. But some kind of way, he grew up younger than me. <laughs> and never saw any of that. And, and never had an Asian hero. 
Bull the fucking shit. As you ain't got anime. Goku ain't running around Asian as a motherfucker. Well, that's like Selma Hayek that came out this week that she broke down in tears when she saw herself in the costume for the first time because she had never seen, you know, uh, a Latino superhero. And off off mic, you mentioned, uh, had she not watched any uh, luchador stuff? You know, I mean, most of the luchador stories that you had, you know, they were superheroes off the mat. You know? Well, that was, that was Tony, his son. Cody, when he was little, went to school with a Latino kid that he would get, he was a Mexican kid that would get books from his yeah. country. And that was one of his questions to, to Tony was like, damn, they got a whole thing of heroes that's just like them. Where the fuck my hero at? Well, bro, you ain't got none. <laughs> you, you just kind of ass out. You get one every day, once a decade. Yep. Yeah, so, but, but that's, that's the marketing. And if I've said this online and people bitch about it, but that's because they're ignorant and they sheep and they don't understand what the fuck's going on. But if you notice, when Shang-Chi came out, nobody, nobody cared, gave a fuck about the trailers online. And the toys didn't sell. Were shit. I mean, them jokers went on clearance damn near immediately because they pegged warm and then went on clearance. Nobody wanted them. So there was no interest. So what they did was they drummed up a controversy. They said, oh, the new Disney president called Shang-Chi uh, an experiment. And that, and it was, see, they taking the minority superhero and they call that an experiment. And all y'all should go out and support Shang-Chi to throw it in the face of this racist white dude that called my move, our movie an experiment. And the shit worked because it drummed up controversy. It gave an interest that the shit did not have on its own. I've read the minutes of that fucking meeting. Bob Chapek was talking about the release. They were experimenting with the release. Are we going to let this thing come out on DVD and streaming early because of the pandemic? We, we trying this out to see if it'll work. Because, you know, they didn't do the whole Disney Plus thing with Shang-Chi like they did with Black Widow. Yeah. They were experimenting with distribution and release. He could, but he didn't defend himself because the controversy gave interest that the movie did not have on its own let's flash forward to eternals what did they do in eternals the shit the the trailers came out people said we don't give a shit the reviews start coming out the reviews were bad then what came out oh they're review bombing see on imdb it's the review bombing thing these racists are against no these homophobes and racists are against lgbtq representation and they are review bombing on IMDb, and they ain't even seen it. And then when you went on IMDb and looked at it, yeah, it was being review bombed to the positive. You had more 10 stars. You had double the positive review bombs than you had negative ones. But why did they put that out there? Because the movie could not stand on its own. You needed a controversy. Now going to see it is not because you wanted to see the shit or because it was a good movie. You standing up for gay people? Are you standing up for diversity? It's a fucking marketing ploy that truthfully pisses me the fuck off. Because I you guessed. Well, you spit on you have spit on people. Oh yeah, yeah, I understand. You know, I don't look at black suffering as a marketing gimmick. So if you use that shit as a marketing gimmick, it pisses me the fuck off. And that's what, and that's literally, and I don't like being played for a fucking fool. 
you know, if they were better at it where I didn't see what the hell they were doing, I wouldn't be pissed off. But that's that's what that is. It's it's a fucking tool. Yeah. Well, see, and like I said, and again, it's plot armor. Well, now, well, see, it's directed by a woman of color, and, and it's this and it's that, but is the shit any good? Part of your job is to be excellent. You spit in the face of, of minorities and people that were excellent and did not get their due by putting out half-cast shit and using the shit that happened to them as cover for your mediocrity. Yeah. If the shit's mediocre, it's mediocre. Ryan Coogler ain't a hell of a director because he's black. He's a hell of a director that is black. Yeah. The fact that your ass is a woman don't mean your shit is worth watching. Period. And, it, and because you put out some mediocre shit and somebody goes, that shit's mediocre and got shit to do with whether they like women or not, it means your shit is mediocre. It, you saying that reminded me, I was watching a review of something and the guy made the comment, he said, Jackie Robinson and Hank Aaron weren't great bas- baseball players because they were black. They were great baseball players because they put everything they had out there on the field. They just happened to be black. Yeah. And if you're going to do something, do it to the best of your ability, whether it's dog walking, baseball, uh, cooking, being a director, being an actor. Your race and or gender is secondary to you doing the best thing that you can. Because if the if I'm if they bring me into the emergency room and a doctor comes up, I don't care whether it, they're black, white, male, female. I want them to put my ass back together so that I can you know live another day. If I'm watching, if I've paid money to watch a movie or I've taken my time to watch a TV show, that's time out of my life. I want to be entertained. You know, entertain me. You only get so many hours to live. Entertain me. But, you know, that, that's, that's been kind of my thing going back and forth online has been basically the marketing ploy shit. Uh, you had a leak earlier in the week of Spider-Man No Way Home shots where they confirmed that, you know, Tobey Maguire's in it. Uh, Andrew Garfield's in it. After playing around for a while, having Garfield kind of denying. Yeah. Charlie Cox is in it. But the whole reason you got that leak is to change the conversation from how bad the damn Eternals is. Mm-hmm. Because whether the stands want to believe it or not, the MCU up until this point, in the public consciousness, the MCU equated to good movies. Yeah. It's it's basically like Jason, you and me when we walked out of out of the first Ant Man, and I remember you went, "Man, they made me like Ant Man." From here on out, anything they put out, I will give them a try. That's the from a marketing standpoint. That's the whole fucking point. Mm-hmm. You want your product to be synonymous in the people's mind with greatness. The problem is, Feige Feige got is smelling him was smelling himself. He may still be. Because you had 2018, they had what, $4 billion grossing movies in the fucking row? Yeah. Endgame comes out the next year, the hell, the highest grossing movie of all time. Everybody's kissing his ass, he's smelling himself. But you can tell in phase four that they, that they figured, shit, we can't lose. Because whatever the hell we put out, 
people are going to give it a shot, give it a big enough shot for it to succeed. Yeah. Well, it, it's like you get a bunch of good old boys in one room and they're all telling each other how great they are and they're not listening to what's going on in the public or in the, you know, the, the rest of the world, but they've convinced themselves they're the greatest thing of all but what, time. What you've had with phase four is you've had three meds in a row. Yeah. And just like, which was something that I said at Black Widow, I was like, ooh, MCU's cracks are showing. I caught all kind of hell online for saying that. But I am proven right because it's the law of diminishing returns. Black Widow did okay. Shang-Chi did less than that. And Eternals has done less than that. Eternals is the lowest grossing Marvel movie in six fucking years. Yep. The cracks are showing. And the trick is they, had to, they have to change that conversation because they losing their fucking armor. You yep. ain't bulletproof no more. You're Mike Tyson after Buster Douglas. You you Ronda Rousey after Holly Holmes. You ain't unbeatable no more. Yeah. Motherfuckers are literally comparing this one to DC movies. DC is synonymous with crap superhero movies. I know they got their stands, but they ain't, ain't none of them motherfuckers in the top 10 highest grossing films of all time. They, they have never been in the yeah. MCU's league. DC movies come out, and it's like the kid with a broken leg that manages to finish the race. They go, oh, ain't that cute. Yeah, he did the best he could. He really did. And the motherfucker ain't come close to winning. He come in 22nd. But hey, that motherfucker finished that race. That's DC. Marvel ain't wanting to be in that. Because then they got to, then they start having to earn that shit. Yeah. Well, Where now in the public consciousness, the shit comes out, it's supposed to be good. But yes, Black Widow was not good. It wasn't. It was so-so. I liked it fine. Shang-Chi wasn't shit. It just wasn't. And then the Turtles comes out and is basically a Benetton ad, and the shit ain't good. So what did they do? They said, well, hell, people like Spider-Man. Confirm that shit. And, you know, you also got the Morbius trailer has dropped early. Well, that's not Marvel Studios. Yeah, yeah. But, but people see it, and they see the fact that you got Michael Keaton, who they know is the Vulture. They see Spider-Man, and they hear Venom mentioned. Sony is just over there muddy in the water. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah Jason's right on that one. The thing with it, trust me, they ain't give for Morbius because that don't save the MCU. No, Morbius is over there, kind of like the X, like the X Men movies were, and kind of like Venom is. Yeah, it's kind of Marvel universe, but yeah, it's like you said, they muddy the waters. They had to put that, they had to confirm that Spider Man shit to change the conversation. Morbius yeah. hadn't changed the conversation. No, you're you're absolutely right. But if if the if if Morbius is over here muddy in the waters, that's more people talking about Morbius and less people talking about the Eternals. Trick is, Morbius could easily be like the Eternals and just meh. That's that, true. That, 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 side, That's true. that side shit ain't never been good. Yeah. I, I, you know, I can, I can remember Feige looking at, looking at uh, I forget her name now, when she first was, when she was talking about the original Venom. No, oh, we're part of MCU. And he's looking at her like, shit, yeah, right. You know, it, that's, they needed something to stop people from talking about the Eternals yeah. and the confirmation of your three Spider-Man all being in one movie did it. Yeah. It sounds like Spider-Man is going to be Marvel's chance to turn this around. Any predictions? Uh, that has always been their hope. Spider-Man is a tentpole character. Um, truthfully, that movie is going to pop form from nostalgia alone. 
because you got people that love Toby. You got fewer people that love Garfield, even though he's my favorite one. Yep. The fact that Garfield's in it means I'll be there. Uh, having the old school villains in it, Doc Ock was easily my favorite Spider-Man villain in the live action movies. Having him in that will be good. Uh, the the $100 million that they thought they were going to get at Eternals, they will get at Spider-Man. I don't. I ain't seen a leak of that script yet, so I don't know how good the fucking story is. Uh, they could get in there and fuck it up, but like I said, if if they do, if if the story of Spider-Man screws up, then it will be them snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Because right now, that's a win coming. Yeah, because it's got hype. Yeah, that hype we were talking about the last few of them not having Spider-Man. Yeah. Got. Yeah, it's got hype, and the fucking figures from it are selling like hotcakes. So that's that's the two things that I'm giving away my secret. That's the things how I'm able to call these movies is because we do this. I stay online looking at online buzz, and you'll have people go, well, I don't like who I don't give a fuck about. I ain't doing the shit for likes. I'm listening to what people are saying about the stuff when the shit drops. Mm-hmm. And, and in the case of comic book movies, they always have merchandise. I'm a toy hunter, so I'm always in there. And if your shit is peg warming and people are real mad on your trailers, you ain't gonna have the shit ain't gonna yep. succeed. Because your hardcore fans are buying the merchandise, and if they're not buying it, it means they ain't jazzed for it. Yeah. And that's and that's the trick. Comic book movies are built on the foundation of comic nerds. That that was the mistake of the Eternals was fight because he said as much. He said we get we get, they tried the diversity thing on that. Because they figured the Eternals did not have fans, which is a lie. They have fans. I was a fan. Travis, a friend Travis was a fan that hell when he saw it, he was like, oh man, they fucked my shit all up. You got your comic book. Travis, I mean, seriously, he was a, he's a big Inhumans fan and a big Eternals fan, and they just messed him over both times. Yeah, they screwed him over twice. But yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing is you got the nerds bring the normies. Because when you have a property like Eternals that the normies look at and go, the fuck is this? Who they gonna ask? The nerd. The nerd. And if the nerd is sitting there going, damn, fuck this movie all up, you can give that up. You ain't gonna have and that and and like I've said before, and people can argue me, but they be wrong as hell. When you look at the top grossing films of all times, they all had a niche that watched that shit multiple times. Titanic. It was teenage girls. They watched it multiple times. Your Star Wars movies, people watched it multiple times. Your Avengers movies, multiple times. Black Panther, multiple times. You have to get that repeat business. I don't give a fuck what it is. If people watch that shit one and they done, you can give up that billion dollar club. You can just give it. You may, be, you may have a success, but not have one of those epic yeah. kind of successes. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to have. You're not going to have that epic shit, and when you look at the MCU, the MCU, for a while there, what, five of the top ten highest grossing movies ever were all MCU flicks. You know, they, they kind of, do- and that top 20, they just fucking dominated. But, good example, and this was, instead of the billion dollar club, think million dollar club. Okay, we're going to wrap up after this, we're already going long. Okay. Uh, you had a reviewer talking about what makes a, makes a success. And he said, go back to the James Bond run. He said, if you look at the Sean Connery all the way up to present day, you're talking the Million Dollar Club because they had a legitimate character and franchise that 
if you mentioned James Bond, people knew who you were talking about, no matter what actor you plug into said character. And it would make money. It may not make the highest box office, but it was going to make money because it was a reliable character, except for one or two movies. The rest of it was a success. He said, now you got somebody over here trying to do superhero movies. When you use your, your big names, people, even if they don't read the stuff, they know who they are because of word of mouth. Everybody knew who Captain America was. Everybody knew who Superman was. You, you could get word of mouth. But you're, if you piss off your basic fan base, they're not going to advertise for you. And that's free advertising. And what Marvel's done lately seems to be decided they're too big for their fan base. Yep. Yeah. Not realizing that it's, you know, the foundation. The recast T'Challa thing, their Feige's response to that showed you really all you needed to see. Because you, you literally had hundreds of thousands of people signing petitions to get him to recast T'Challa. And it was like, I ain't gonna do it. Well, all you gotta do is take, you say it was 300,000, you just, well, it's just 300,000 people on there. Multiply that by 10, because that's, that's at least one viewing. And if you have sickos like my ass that saw the original Black Panther for 15, 15 times, even if you have people on there that were going to see it half that much, look how much money you just threw down the toilet. And never mind, not everybody with that opinion signed the right petition. So um, We're at a point where I'm really curious to see where Marvel goes from here. You know, Will Spider-Man be a turnaround where they realize what they're doing? Or are we just seeing the you know, fall of the Roman Empire kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. That that's gonna be the question: is 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 this gonna be something long lasting, or is it just gonna be a bump? Yep. So anyway, we'll wrap here. So we've expressed a lot of opinions today. If you've got an opinion you'd like to express, you can leave a comment below. You can contact us at thenerdeternal at gmail dot com. If you'd like to support the show, you could like, subscribe, stop by our website and check out our shop at thenerdeternal dot com. Uh. You know, tell a buddy about us, anything like that. Any, anything is appreciated. So until next week, I've been your host, The Experience of Some Called Jason, and with me today has been... The Blurred Don DeVille, the Todd Father, who says if you don't like our podcast, you hate old people. They <laughs> just motherfucker. CDL113, the droid you're looking for. And we will see y'all next time. Peace. <laughs>